Hi there, everyone. This is James Eek, and you are listening to Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 85. Wow. If you haven't had a chance yet to check out our Patreon.com page for the Warrior's Way Podcast, head over to Patreon.com and search for Warrior's Way Podcast. Um, We've been adding new videos almost weekly and have a good sampling of things on there for everyone. Um, Patreon, if you don't know, it gives you the opportunity to get more of this Warrior's Way podcast information that you want in everything from martial arts techniques to meditation, breath work, you name it. There's a ton of stuff. So, before you dig in, press pause and join us on our Warrior's Way podcast Patreon page. Subscribe now. 20 years after earning his black belt from Higan Machado, Chris Howder continues to train and compete while he has also groomed 26 students to earn their black belts under his guidance. Chris began jiu-jitsu after a chance encounter with Mitz Yamashita, an Aikido black belt who is practicing the jiu-jitsu upa mount escape at a college wrestling room. In the days before the UFC, Chris had never seen jiu-jitsu techniques and he was intrigued. With a background of high school wrestling, Chris approached Yamashita to suggest that a wrestler might easily beat that technique. Yamashita was gracious and allowed Chris to test his theory on the mat. They set up the position, and Chris did what wrestlers often do. He exposed his back, and Yamashita choked him out. They set it up again, and Chris was choked out again. The third round ended with an arm lock. Yamashita pointed Chris to the Gracie Academy, where he trained with Hickson and Horian and Hoist Gracie, as well as Hegan Machado. The small guy being able to beat a big guy was like magic, Chris said. I was hooked on it like crack. Chris is not exactly sure what initially drove him to martial arts 31 years ago, but he acknowledged facing shame and self-doubt like most men confront in their youth. As a kid, Chris had a chip on his shoulder and got into his share of fights when teased for stuttering or his resemblance to Marty McFly. Regardless if his martial arts motivation was driven by school conflicts, Chris believes most of our choices can be explained by evolution. Chris describes himself as an amateur natural historian and biologist, so he enjoys studying how modern culture has evolved in relation to our biology. We're basically cavemen who've been handed down knowledge over the years, Chris explained. At some point, at at primal level, Young men have an instinct to fight. As we talked in Chris's art studio, Chris pointed to his young boys in the backyard and mentions their natural instinct to play fight, whereas young girls generally do not. However, many thousand years ago, the men who could, sur- who could fight survived and passed on those genes. That DNA remains, but culture seems to advance faster than the biology we retain from our past. Even though there is a primal instinct driving men towards aggression, we do not club an attractive girl and drag her out of our cave because there is an opposing force pushing us towards the rewards of collectivism. 
If you're narcissistic, the rest of your pack is going to kill you, Chris said. We have primal instincts pulling us one direction, while the reasoning part of our brain suggests something entirely different. We confront these opposing forces every day, but on average, they keep us alive and functioning within society. Most men begin any combat sport to win real fights, Chris said. I'm not proud of saying that because it certainly isn't high culture, but I think we all go through that phase. Chris said it's a very strong drive, but not always an unhealthy motivator. If challenged with proper mentors and experience, it can actually be a very positive one. Even in our polite modern society, men are still rewarded for being the most dominant in the room. You do not have to be an alpha, but you don't want to be the guy who's beat up, humiliated, or abused. I don't think those instincts leave us easily, and sometimes that biology is repressed in modern modern culture. The evolution of martial combat to martial sport is probably a result of that repressed instinct, Chris says. Chris distinguished combat, martial sport, and martial arts. The purest and original intent of everything we practice today had one goal in mind. How do I survive or vanquish in life or death combat? This is why Chris still preaches Think Street while teaching jiu-jitsu. Chris described martial sports as man-made rules created to prevent injury or death so we can play the game that fulfills our primal instinctive drive for hand-to-hand combat. The art component of martial arts offers the artist complete freedom to improve and develop new techniques he can express without limitations that can be handed down through the generations. These include the fantasy arts where the techniques may not be effective in battle, but are still an expression of acrobatics and challenging body movements. I spent a lot of time doing the fantasy arts, believing that one day I would finally be skilled enough to actually make them work, Chris said. The difference between Brazilian jiu-jitsu and many of the fantasy arts is in the essence of the original art. Chris defined the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu like this. How do I control and submit my opponent utilizing the least amount of attributes like strength, explosion, speed, and size, and the maximum amount of leverage, cunningness, and guile? Chris is not sure where his life would be without jiu-jitsu, but he believes that it helped him recover from things that land most people in the morgue or prison. Chris does not open up publicly about his personal life. But he said there was a period of five lost years of his life. He did not realize it at the time, but while coping with injuries and his fading youth, he fell prey to substances that are the downfall of many athletes. After the dust settled, Chris lost his career as a police officer and felt like he had to basically start over on his jiu-jitsu journey. When he looks back on that experience, Chris said that he grew from it and the journey has been a rewarding experience. With age comes wisdom. Rather than fight the inevitable arc of an aging athlete and the disillusionment that comes with youth, Chris has accepted the limitations and has adapted how he trains. In your 20s and 30s, you get hurt and bounce back. In your 30s, injuries heal slower. You can still perform like in your 20s, but it hurts a lot more the next day. 
In your 40s, you get what he calls the injury of unknown origins. It can be a painful period and the athlete accepts that he is no longer competitive in the adult division. When you hit 50, you wake up with more injured than when you went to bed. This is when you must adapt your game to a more pure, fundamental, and simpler approach to the art. What keeps Chris training into his 50s is certainly different than when he started. He explained that humans grow much like the wood grain of a tree. If a tree grows for years in the wind, it'll have a bend in the trunk. The bend is reflected in the grain of the wood. Once we do something long enough, it becomes ingrained in us. It's who we become. I was curious what separates the students that reach high levels when compared to those who do not. Chris offered the success trifecta, talent, passion, and discipline. Talent is one of those gifts that some people have while others have virtually none. It's not something we can change. Passion is the inner drive, sometimes fueled by ego, love, or an overwhelming feeling that you're doing what you have to do. Discipline is the most elusive of the trifecta. It must be practiced until it becomes second nature. Sometimes you don't have the passion to drive on, and that is when self-discipline kicks in. It's a combination of the three that lead to success. Talent is beyond your control. Passion will waver daily, but discipline is what's, what keeps you moving forward, regardless of how you feel at the moment. Chris explained that the next 10 years will pass either way. It's better to have taken one class a week than none. It's not who's good, it's who's left, Chris said. Just don't quit. When I asked about discipline, he acknowledged that it is part genetic, but it also comes from your environment. Good or bad childhood experiences can fuel or hinder you as an adult. Then he quotes William Woodsworth, Wordsworth, the child is the father of the man. The human illusion is that our willpower trumps environment, but Chris said environment is stronger than will. Although we cannot rewind our childhood, as adults, we can choose an environment that supports our journey. He believes everyone should have competition experience because it puts you in an environment completely out of your control. You do not get to choose your opponents, and losing that control and putting your ego on the line is good for practice for life. Everybody loves winning and equally hates losing. But what is important to Chris is that he fights his best fight. Chris doesn't lose sleep if he loses a match as long as he fought the best he could. But he would be disappointed by a victory if he held back for whatever reason. A lot of coaches abandon competition because when you become an instructor, your psyche or your students can place you on a pedestal and expect victory. I think that pressure causes a lot of black belt school owners to not compete. If properly challenged, Chris said, your ego can fuel your passion, but if improperly channeled, ego closes our minds. Chris explained that ego clearly affects anyone training martial arts, especially in the young grappler. He walked me through the ego arc of the jiu-jitsu belt ranks. The white belt is the humble belt. 
Blue belt is the eager belt. Purple is the cocky belt. Brown is the confident belt. And black returns to the humble belt. The purple is the ego belt, he emphasized. It's the cocky phase where you're an advanced amateur and can give black belts a hard time. It's not bad. It's just a phase we all go through. Chris said there is always contrast between young and old. He's a believer in conserving the fundamentals, but there's a benefit in bringing new ideas, new moves, and new expressions of the old. It's the yin-yang between the old and the new that I love watching and participating in, he says. In that regard, Chris explains that jiu-jitsu is a metaphor of life. It's the dance of life. The dance of combat is the dance of life. So that is from Chuck Ryland's book, Motivation, Stories on Life and Success from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belts. Wow. I am not really sure where to start with this one. Um, that article or that excerpt is, is so good to read something about jiu-jitsu that is 100% on with how I feel about things. Um, in my nearly 40 years of training in the martial arts, I can honestly say that jiu-jitsu is truly something special. And it's life-changing when you train in it the way that it's meant to be. This isn't to say, by the way, that Kyokushin or Aikido or Judo or whatever else it is that you train in can't be just as life-changing and authentic. Believe me, I train in tons of things still and Jiu-Jitsu. What everyone listening should take away from all of this, or maybe better put, what they should take away from all of us jujitsu Kool-Aid drinkers <laughs> is that there is something about this system and the way it is done that pushes it out in front of most other systems. I'm not going to tell you what to do about that, but I think that honestly all martial artists and teachers should not only study jujitsu, but take something from it that can help to invigorate and enliven your other arts that you study or teach. It's not that you even necessarily have to stick with it forever. My teacher, Gurudan Osanto, he always wanted us who are instructors under him to at least get a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, just so you can get all of those benefits from it. It isn't the ground aspect of jiu-jitsu. It's n not the grappling. There are plenty of forms of combat that swim in those same waters. Wrestling, sambo, shoot wrestling, judo, and so on. But jiu-jitsu is somehow different. It has a weight, a light to it, and a power to it. So my advice to you, and I'm sure Chris would say the same thing, is simply to give it an open-minded shot. Find a good school, not some McDojo. A good school with a true lineage that doesn't just give out rank for showing up. And get a blue belt in it, like Gurudan used to tell us to do. And see if it hasn't improved your life. 
I can pretty much guarantee it will. I can tell you that I myself did not believe it when I first heard about jujitsu. To be honest, I thought I didn't need it. (laughs) I already had almost a decade of judo and grappling in a few other systems. And my first class was at the Inosano Academy in Los Angeles. And I'm glad I listened to the advice that I had been given to try it. Nothing has been the same since. I still practice and teach a whole bunch of other martial arts that I still love and I still think are valid and and important and just as important as jiu-jitsu. But jiu-jitsu, it's like a safety blanket. It's the one art that physically is what superpower you have when all else fails. But it's more than just that. It teaches you a better way of life. It teaches you a better way to see things, a better way to deal with things, a better way to see the people around you, and a better way to see yourself. So honestly, who wouldn't want to be part of that? So there you go. That's my pitch. (laughs) Give this jujitsu thing a chance, and you're going to be glad you did. And once you do, and you're hooked on it, don't blame me. (laughs) Believe me, I get people all the time who are down with a cold or whatever and are almost begging me that they want to be in class. That's the one time you don't come to class. Any other time, get on those mats. It's going to change you for the better. All right, let's go on to the question of the week. Here it is. I really want to train in the martial arts, but I am thinking I am too old and out of shape. Oh, boy. Okay, well, first off, um, if you're listening to this podcast, you should know better. Um, Like I said, first off, you're you're not. um, You do not need to be in shape to get started in the martial arts. Just start, and the rest will take care of itself. As for age, you have to understand that no matter what age you start at, it's the perfect time to start, truly. As we get older, we just have to be aware of our bodies and what they are going through and how to adjust training for the life and the body that we have. That's simple. If you think that, you know, when you're 70, you're going to be fighting like you did or training like you did when you were 20, well, that's a little bit delusional. But that's no reason to think that at 70 that you can't be doing more than the average 70-year-old does and more than, to be honest, nowadays, the average 20-year-old does. Most of us, if not all of us, are fully capable of training in the martial arts and being as fit as they can. So I would suggest that you go and try out classes at a few schools and be open-minded, let yourself enjoy it, don't judge yourself, and then keep going. As a side note, 
Usually when people tell me that they think they're too old, they're usually younger than me. <laughs> I'm 50 years old and I am on those mats usually five days a week. Because, um, well, obviously I'm teaching and training, but if I can do it, you can do it. Recently, I was training with Steve Maxwell, and he's in his late 60s, and he can kick my butt. <laughs> so believe me, you're going to be glad if you do it. Be open-minded. Let yourself have fun at doing it, and then just keep going. Just show up. Just show up. That's it. Show up as much as you can. Have as much fun as you can. Make friends. And you know what? End of the day, if you are feeling like you are old and out of shape, hanging out with some people that are younger than you and in good shape, it is just going to drive you to be better. So believe me, you will be glad you did it. Don't put it off. Just do it. And I think we're going to end the podcast right there on that note. I love it when people want to train. So just do it. Don't, don't put it off. Um, if you haven't, give this awesome podcast that you know and love some stars or a review or tell your friends about it or whatever else you can to help spread the word. Um, like I mentioned, head over to patreon.com and check out the cool videos that are on there. Um, I'm working hard putting those things on. You might as well try them out. Uh, you can find me on Instagram through the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. That's my school in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And, of course, Warriors Way Podcast. We, you can find us on Facebook, as you can find the Eek Academy. Um, if you like all this stuff that you're hearing, you can always take a look at my martial arts books that I've written, books on training, they're available via Amazon. You can get them for your Kobo or your Kindle or that old-fashioned thing called a book. Anyhow, that's all I've got for you this week. Get on those mats. Train hard. Have fun. Be a good friend and training partner. And better yet, be a good person. Make this world better because you're in it. Be a shining light in this world. Don't drag people down. Build them up. That's the way. Thanks a lot.